0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. I'm Zach.
1: I'm Jake. And I'm Steve.
0: And we are the Three Rivers Boys. That's at Three Rivers Boys on Twitter. We're here today to talk about probably one of the most influential sci-fi series of all time, which is Dune. It's uh, originally written by Frank Herbert, coming out in theaters this October in the United States, already released in Europe. It's directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, we're all huge fans of this and we're excited to talk about it
1: yeah i mean i think that uh i used to be the one that was the most excited out of this group about dune yeah you're
0: the one that got the the other two of us into it for sure yeah
1: definitely
0: this is a a non-spoiler uh if you haven't read the book but want to see the movie podcast by the way so we're going to be talking about the setting there's going to be setting spoilers but no plot spoilers yeah. So sorry. What were you going to say, Steve? I cut you off there a little bit.
1: Uh, I was just saying that uh, if you relentlessly tell your friends to read a book, they might do it eventually. Yeah, so, I've learned that
0: lesson also. That's how yeah, we started it's this podcast. It's
1: worked for you, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I used to read a lot of sci-fi, and it took me a while to kind of get into it. But after I read Dune, um, man, I, I really enjoyed the first story, and, and then I read the next five within like probably six months um it's a really good series but
2: i definitely kind of same thing knocked him out like it had me hooked i know a lot of people stop at the first book i stopped at
0: the second book for a while
1: i think i read four yeah so this is like pretty much the uh the sci-fi that started it all the groundwork for the rest of them yeah
0: This is definitely the most uh, influential sci-fi work in Western culture, I can say, without a doubt.
2: I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of people saying that Dune is a Star Wars knockoff, when in fact...
0: Yeah, it should be the other way around. Dune was written in the the mid-60s, I believe.
2: Yeah, and, and Lucas has said that he got a lot of his inspiration from Dune. It's kind of a fact that this inspired the larger sci-fi universe of Star Wars.
0: And we can also say because this is mainly a Wheel of Time podcast that uh obviously a lot of Wheel of Time aspects are based on Dune.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah, I mean, just look at the uh the Aes Sedai in in the Wheel of Time, they basically a, a magical uh women cult that thinks they're better than everyone else, which is the Bene Gesserit. Which is another So, uh, yeah, so
2: which is another show that's coming out the same month as Dune on Amazon Prime, if our listeners want to check out that. A month later, actually. Oh, I thought it was in October. Wait, what are you talking about, Jake? The Wheel of Time Wheel
0: show. Wheel of Time comes out November 19th.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying there was a Bene Gesserit show, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: There is going to be a Bene Gesserit show, I think.
1: Excellent. I'm excited for that, then.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be
1: on HBO. I didn't know that. Let me check that out real quick. Yeah, so, um, and and the reason a lot of these things are going on is because Frank Herbert, the author, his son, uh, owns the rights to the series, and, uh, you know, he's behind all of this. So, um, it's cool that he's, I guess, allowed this to happen, and, and, I mean, I think he is a part of it. Like, I think he's producing or helping produce, so.
2: And for listeners that don't know, the son wrote several books after, his father died to some harsh criticism. They're not loved in the community, but he's definitely an active member in the Dune verse.
0: Yeah. We have, uh, there were six original Dune books written by Frank Herbert and, uh, two more in the main series were written by his son, Brian. And then he also went on to write a bunch of prequel books.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was talking to, zach a couple days ago and i think i want to give them a chance and instead of just accepting this harsh harsh criticism that i've i've heard about them um i think it would be fun to read them so yeah we should um but yeah getting into the actual story um we were talking about how it's similar to star wars you know it starts on a desert well no it doesn't start on a desert planet but uh basically the story wraps around one um strange aliens lasers uh and uh, one one deus ex machina, pretty much.
0: Yeah, if you want to cut right to the heart of the Dune universe and talk about what really drives all these characters to do what they're doing in the story, the thing you got to talk about is spice. Which is a naturally occurring drug, I guess you, is probably the best way to call it. It's called the spice melange it's harvested on one place and the entire universe, which is the planet Arrakis. And if, uh, basically what it does is it makes you live longer and gives you uh, prescient abilities. Like you kind of, most people get like an intuition, I guess, but some your... people can literally see the future.
2: depends on your level of use too. Um, right. You know, some people are yeah. more addicted to it than others and they basically play it as like a mineral in the beginning like where you're going to see it it's in this sand on this desert planet of Arrakis. and you'll see these when i was big harvesting machines filtering it out of the sand it's a, it's the most yeah when i when i first read the book the it... when
0: i first read the book i was really it was hard not to imagine it as just a, a stand-in for oil in the Middle East.
2: Hmm. Um, it,
1: yeah, it I mean, I think it has those... Yeah, it was. I mean, like, I, I think he admitted to that, but I, I think it can also, if you if you don't want to read into it, it can just be, like, kind of about resources, yeah. I guess, right? But it is the ultimate resource. It lets you space travel, so...
2: And so to, paint, yeah. to paint the broader picture of this world, there is the Emperor of the known universe and there are several royal houses that exist under him that own uh, entire planets and sometimes a couple of planets. Uh, so we're going to see at the beginning of the movie the Emperor gives the Atreides house the right to harvest the spice on Arrakis.
1: Which it's also being taken away from House Harkonnen, right. their enemies.
0: Yeah, that's the next thing we have set up on the list here, if we want to get into it, is how the government works in this world. This is basically a, a uh, intergalactic feudal society where Noble houses control planets or sets of planets and the resources that go along with them, and they all owe allegiance to the emperor, the Padisha emperor. And the houses negotiate through uh, this body called the Landsrod Council, which is ruled by the great houses. And the, the biggest ones that we really see are House Carino, House Atreides, and House Harkonnen. House Carino is the uh ruling house. That's where the emperors from uh Shottom IV the 4th is the current emperor during uh the, the events of Dune.
2: And his daughter, Princess Irulan, Irulan, Yeah.
0: And uh the main house that we're going to follow through the story is House Atreides which uh, at the beginning of the series is ruled by Duke Leto Atreides and his concubine, the Lady Jessica. These are
2: the good guys. Well,
0: good in quotation marks. These are the uh, main characters.
2: <laughs> They're good guys compared to yeah, Harkonnen. I, I think it's pretty...
1: True. Yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. black and yeah, I mean, they, they paint one as very loyal, uh, which is the Atreides, and, and very into like their people, and the Harkonnens are very harsh. Um, almost. I No, they, I mean, they are sadists, right? I mean, they're very violent people. It's so funny. Like I keep wanting to jump in, and, and uh, every single thing I want to say is a spoiler. I'm
2: like, <laughs> oh, oh, right. Like, yeah. It's, it's um, hard to do these spoiler-free ones. Yeah. So being um, that this is the
0: the main character family that we're talking about, let's just go ahead and run through the rest of the main characters from House Atreides. All right. So like I said, we have the Duke Leto and the Lady Jessica. They are the, the ruling couple of House Atreides. I guess it's important to note that the Lady Jessica is not the Duke's wife. She is his concubine and he has never married her.
2: And that's Mostly wow. because she's a member of this, like, witchdom, the Benny Gesserits, these, like, women who have abilities. And yeah, he, he bought
0: her, basically. She was kind of bought like a slave, almost. Really?
2: Yeah. I don't remember that.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think she was, like, expensive or something. It was almost like... Because the Ben and Jessica, I mean, they're manipulative, right? I mean, they need money. So, I mean, th- they also have their own ambitions by sending specifically Lady Jessica there. That's so. kind of
2: what I thought the deal was. I missed that part. I mean, it. I think
1: both people get what they right.
2: want.
0: Well, they're also like advisors, kind of.
2: And li- li- so they're kind Lito of, and Jessica are in love. Like these great-
0: yeah, they are, which is not typical, but. Also not uncommon, I don't think. Some people do marry their Bene Gesserit. Okay. Basically, th- these these great houses will pay the Bene Gesserit in order to have a Bene Gesserit concubine, who will like give them heirs and also like advise them on matters that they
1: okay have,
0: have in government.
1: Yeah, I mean it fuels the Bene Gesserit breeding program. So.
0: Yeah. So their son Paul is the, n- the next person we should talk you about. Didn't uh, say the the actors' name, yeah,
1: yeah, that was. Uh, so Oscar Isaac <laughs> is playing Duke Leto Atreides, and Rebecca Ferguson is playing Lady Jessica.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <what's that? laughs> yeah. So let's move on to uh, Paul, who is played by Timothy Chalamet,
2: who I think is a great uh, cast for this guy. I think he looks like I thought Paul would look.
0: He is like. I didn't think he was a good match when I first like heard that he was cast, but I've read the book again since then. And yeah, that's pretty much exactly how he's described. Yeah. Uh, Paul is the heir of Duke Leto. Uh, he's the next guy in line to run House Atreides. And he's being groomed for that command at uh, the introduction of the story. He's what, like 15, 16 years old or something like that? Yeah,
2: 15, or 14 15 or 15. Yeah.
0: And two of the uh, people that are running this training, at least in the military side of things, are Gurney Halleck and Duncan Idaho. Gurney is played by Josh Berlin, and Duncan is played by what's Jason his name? Jason Momoa. Again? Jason Momoa, that's right, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. So these are uh, Gurney does Jocker more me. of the the tactical level training, and Duncan does the a lot of the. In person, like hand to hand training,
2: and I think both of these castings are pretty good too. I love both these guys. Josh Brolin is awesome, and I really like Jason Momoa.
1: I like Jason Momoa, but I don't know. Like, I always pictured uh Duncan as more of like a wispy, like
2: Lies athletic. And he's, he, dude, he's described but I, that way in the books. Like Jason Momoa is a big ass guy, and that's not how he's described that's a in the books. I think he has like the dashing cavalier thing down the.
1: I agree oh, 100%. With that.
0: The personality yeah. is like an exact yeah.
1: match. I mean, it, it does make sense for him to be like kind of like super strong. I mean, yeah, like it, it works for uh, me. I Dun- like it. Duncan Idaho is actually really important. <laughs> and, you know, I think I, that's all I want to say about him in this series. You- but, um, you know who
2: I pictured before you know, the movie came out was uh, the guy that plays the Mandalorian. Um,
0: oh, yeah, I could see that. Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pedro
1: Pascal, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I said that, too. Like, I agreed with you, or maybe we talked about it. But, yeah, I think he would have been great. Um, he, he's a bit older, though.
0: Gurney uh, is another character that I really love.
1: Uh yeah, I don't think you've mentioned that he's an ex-smuggler. Who Gurney? Yeah, cool. He's like an ex-slave, isn't he? Uh, um, he might be that. I thought I thought Duncan was though. Duncan was in the fighting pits. I th-
0: I think the the background to Gurney is that he used to be like enslaved by the Harkonnen, and they uh like rescued him from the Harkonnen people.
1: I think that's Duncan because Duncan hates them because they killed his mother and made him Let, go let's, into let's fighting Let's look pits.
0: this up. I think it's both of them, because Gurney hmm. has a personal vendetta against Beast Robin.
1: That makes sense, Beast too. Beast is
0: the one that gave him his nasty scar along his cheek.
2: Oh, that sucks. I'm pretty sure Zach's right.
0: But uh, it's kind of... We're talking about spoilers even now, so let's... Yeah, we're, we're getting
1: it down that, but... Um, Gurney is a
0: warrior poet kind of guy. He has, he's famous for playing his ballast I'm not sure if this is going to be in the movie or not. It hasn't shown up in any of the trailers and I'll be sad if they do cut this part of him. Cause I love Brolin.
1: This. Oh, I don't think Brolin says he they plays won't. it.
0: Okay. Well, that's reassuring then. Cause this is like my favorite part about Gurney is how he likes sings a beautiful song.
2: Yeah.
1: He's like a bard. I, yeah. I think to me, I always pictured it as like some sort of, Guitar. I pictured
0: um, like a mandolin, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Like maybe a big one. Uh, let's see. Who else do you have on here? The Fear Hawat. A Mentat. Yeah, this
0: is uh, the Mentat. These are another kind of advisory type character, I guess you want
2: to say.
1: Yeah, you, you pay for Mentats as well. Yeah, they're like human computers. I think that the Emperor actually gives them out, right?
0: No, they're kind of like another like order, the order of Mentat. You have to like go to the Mentat planet and pay for a Mentat and then bring him back. Hmm. And we um, have the actor for Thufir.
1: uh, It's Stephen McKinley Henderson.
0: Okay. And uh, there's one I left off, I guess we should also talk about is uh, Dr. Yui. Oh, yeah. Dr. Yui is the uh, the doctor and also teaches Paul all of his uh, classroom lessons.
1: Chen Chang. I'm not sure who that is. It's weird. On IMDb, it says Dr. Wellington Yue as Chang Chen. Huh. have it backwards.
0: Is that, that's probably just the actor, yeah.
1: right?
0: Why is that weird?
2: This just wearing it backwards. Uh,
1: they don't do that for other actors. It doesn't say Liet Kynes. As Sharon Duncan Brewster, it says, Dr. Wellington UA as Chang Chen.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I see what you mean now.
1: <laughs> hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, so that's the Atreides crew.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll move along to House Harkonnen. Is it Hark- Harkonnen or Harkonnen? I've heard it pronounced both ways. I always say Harkonnen. I
2: like Harkonnen. I say both, I think.
0: It seems like they're going with Harkonnen in the movie, so maybe we should just stick yeah. to that,
2: I guess. So these are the bad guys.
0: Yeah, these are pretty... If anything you, is a criticism about this series, I would, guess, I would say that the, the cartoonish evilness of the Harkonnens is kind of silly sometimes.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? Like, well, I mean, the Baron Harkonnen doesn't walk. He uses um, basically a hovercraft to move around because he's like enormous sensor straps. And I think
2: he's sick. I think what Zach's talking about is at the beginning of the books. He like dictates his evil plan. They're like
0: comic book bad yeah. guys, basically. Yeah, he's like I'm the big bad guy, and I'm super evil. And here's my big evil plan. Yeah,
2: I. He does announce. I it. didn't. I, I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like it's cartoonish, but I can see that.
0: I guess you would say operatic is probably how you would go for it. It's like super grandiose and flamboyant.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he's extremely arrogant. Um,
0: yeah, that's definitely true. And this guy is played by Stellan Skarsgård, correct?
1: Yeah. I think awesome. so. Yeah, who's awesome? Ooh, I,
0: I love Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, I've, he looks special great. He looks great. has yeah. been amazing. I,
1: I think Lado and and Baron Harkonnen look like perfect. It's really yeah. Good.
0: So uh, the Baron also has a mentat. Uh, Peter Devries is the is his mentat advisor, and uh, he's pretty evil also cartoonishly evil yeah he's like a psycho murderer <laughs> yeah uh, uh
1: he, he starts out just being a dick and
0: so. uh, what's who's playing it's <laughs> david dasmalchian plays uh devise he was uh i just watched the the suicide squad where he plays polka dot man and i was like wow i can see this guy just playing an insane person very well
1: hmm.
0: and uh also we have Beast Robin, who is played by Dave Batista, and this is going to be uh, the Baron Harkonnen's nephew.
2: I really like Dave Batista. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too. I thought he was good in uh, Blade Runner as well. So he looks
0: terrifying in the in the yeah. trailers for this.
1: Yeah,
0: I have a feeling like every time he's on screen, it's just going to be super intense. So, yeah, those Uh, are the main characters, I guess. Are we missing
1: anybody? I mean, the movie's missing someone, right? I'm pretty sure that we meet a different character in the book in the Harkonnens earlier than what it's going to be in this movie. I don't know if that's... Yeah, you're talking
0: about the Baron's other nephew.
1: Nephew, yeah. Which is, yeah, the son, or I mean the brother to Beast Robin.
0: Yeah, it would be, it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure if that guy will be in the movie. If he is, he could be introduced in the next one pretty easily, I think. Or his character could be pretty easily just absorbed into Batista's character. I
1: think that's what's happening. God, that sucks, but, you know. I, we're, yeah, we're Batista to looks spoilers. fucking
0: awesome, so I feel like it's going to be cool to see him like annihilate people in a arena fight.
1: That's too much info, Zach. Let's take a step in it. Um I always thought Beast Robin was pretty
0: like underwhelming and the book like he doesn't really ever do anything on screen. True. Besides cower in front of his uncle.
2: What a cool name though.
0: Actually he he does actually say one of the the smarter things that Harkonnen says where he like he's the only one that doesn't underestimate the Fremen.
1: Because he spent time on Dune.
0: Yeah, he tries to convince the Lord Harkonnen to take them seriously, and uh, well, we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, so did we? Did we discuss uh, the Emperor yet?
0: Yeah, is, has he been cast? Is there like I'm not sure if he's going to be in the movie.
1: Yeah, I thought he was in the tragedy of the movie. Is he on IMDb? Uh, I guess not. No shit.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there there is an emperor. I, I mean, we shouldn't just talk about him very much. I guess we'll just mention that he exists. <laughs> so if we want to move from the government back to the economy, kind of, we have the Choam organization, which is the, I guess you would call it like a cartel. They kind of—it's a group of—it's a corporation that's everybody that's in the rod Council has. They compete to have controlling shares of this corporation, and they're basically so, are in charge of every all trade in the empire.
1: It's so funny the way you like try to describe them. You basically said they're a mob, uh, or I mean, they kind
0: of—well, a cartel is what I would call it because I would compare it to like OPEC, which is a cartel.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just funny because, like, all corporations, it seems like you, you basically describe corporations. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's the
0: corporation, though. They're kind of like, isn't a competing corporation.
1: They're a monopoly. Yeah, and I don't, we don't really yeah. get too much insight into Chome other than, um, and I think that this will be in the movie where we're, we're going to meet some of the. Chom shares are used ships. as
0: like a, a bargaining chip when like the houses are negotiating with each other. It's kind of like the biggest uh, trade chip that these people have in their arsenal is to say, "Hey, I'll give you my Chom shares if you don't attack us or something." But um, the reason wait. I compare it to OPEC is because I like to go with that oil uh, metaphor, also. Yeah. Well, there's, like there's a the, ton of... the biggest thing that Chom is known for is trading spice. So they're the, like the spice is what makes everything in the entire universe run. So that's why these guys are so important. They control the spice trade first and foremost. And their biggest customer would be the Spacing Guild. Uh, these are the guys that have exclusive. Access or rights to faster than light travel in the galaxy, so nothing gets accomplished without the spacing guild providing transport basically. And these guys uh, do a lot of guild spice. highliners, yeah, they, they uh, bathe
1: in it. <laughs> literally they're intense. their
0: famous ships are called guild highliners and they're piloted by uh, guild navigators who are like people that are so addicted to spice that they get wheeled around in giant fish tanks full of spice. It looks I like in the they trailer they have like spice helmets.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, I actually, that, that was like the one the thing from Lynch's that I liked. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was a really...
0: They're described as almost like fish people in the books. Like, they're, they're so distorted and trans. Like, uh, mutated from super spice dependency that they have, like, fins for hands and they float around in this giant uh, spice tank.
2: It's like
1: spice tea. Just a bunch of Cuisots hotter rocks permanently <laughs> swimming. And they can, like, see the fish. Yeah, future, and basically. the
0: way their powers work, the reason they do so much spice is because. In order to travel at faster than light speeds and not run through a planet or a star and explode, they have to see into the future and pick the perfect path. So they look at all the possible paths and decide the one that doesn't end in them dying. And that's how they uh, fly faster than the speed of light. Pretty tight.
1: Yeah, honestly, just like talking about it in that way makes me think like, how did they fuck up? But... Um, well, next up on here, you have Bene Gesserit. So this is Jessica and her order, and we're going to see one very early on. They have a needle.
0: Yeah, we but, talked um, about in our Wheel of Time thing, when we described the Aes Sedai, die, we kept using the Catholic Church metaphor, and I think that works pretty well for the Bene Gesserit also. They're the people that wield all the political power in the world without actually being in charge of anything.
1: Um, I mean, they kind of control things with economics, right? Um, I think some of them are even like, no, they're ones to manipulate. They don't kill people, but if they don't like you, you could end up dead.
0: Probably will end up dead.
1: Uh, yeah. And they use the voice. I think that's probably something that's not really a spoiler. Um, but yeah, this
0: is a good thing to talk about.
1: Yeah. You wanna so
0: describe the, how that works.
1: Well, the Bene Gesserit have a breeding program and through that they've over thousands of years been able to have children, which they have the ability to choose the gender of their child. So it's usually women for the, for the cult, essentially. And yeah, they're
0: famous for being able to control like every uh, process that their body does like sweating heart rate.
1: Yeah. They're in complete control. And, um, they have the power to use voice, which is basically if you've played like Skyrim or something, they they kind of like yell stuff and and people listen to it for some reason.
0: It's not so really like a Jedi mind trick.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that. Um, but it can be sometimes like literally like waiting to use it at the right time and then shouting it and then like everybody like just goes along with them. It's pretty. Nuts. Yeah, it's
0: basically uh, these are not the droids you're looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's hard to resist it. Some yeah, people only do.
0: people with a uh, great will are able to resist the voice.
1: Um, and, and so, I guess, yeah, they, I mean, they're trying to get a Kwisatz Haderach, a Messiah, um, Aldeeb. Uh, there's all kinds of names for the Messiah, I guess, in this series.
0: Yeah, the, the main goal of the Bene Gesserit as an organization is to implement this multi-generational breeding program that crosses over like thousands and thousands of years of history and they're trying to come up with uh the perfect genetic specimen that is a man that can become a reverend mother of the benedict
2: and have superpowers
0: and the reverend mother is yeah they're like the the superpowered uh leaders of the Bene Gesserit. So
2: I would say the Bene Gesserit are kind of like druids in the old like Celtic culture. Like they exist apart from all the other politics, but they are involved in their own like deal. They're pushing their own thing, but they're not like part of any house, but they still have a lot of power.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why I like to use like the medieval Catholic church metaphor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them are, are actually royal blood. I mean, that's that's why Jessica is with Leto, to have a right. child through him. But it wasn't supposed to be a boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's the Bene Gesserit in a nutshell. I don't think we really want to get into anything else without giving away spoilers. No. Uh, the last... Uh, organization or faction that i have listed here is the Mentad order we got into these a little bit earlier talking about uh peter devries and Sophia howitt these guys are basically human computers which are hired out by noble houses to be advisors if you go back far enough in the Dune history, uh, they used to have artificial intelligence, but they kind of took over the world, or not the world, the, the galaxy, and uh, enslaved humanity almost. And there was a big civil war called the Butlerian Jihad where people went to war against the AIs and fought back and got control again. And now AI is outlawed in the entire universe of Dune. So instead of having supercomputers, they have these, like, superhuman, they're, like, conditioned from a young age to use their mind like computers, and they also take, like, a lot of drugs, I think, to increase their mental capacity.
2: Yeah. Again, spice.
0: So they they kind of, like, go into a trance and do, like, super calculations in their head, like... uh computing the probabilities of successful attacks and things like that. Yeah. And they
2: have memorized like mass amounts of just information. Yeah. Like they can cross cross reference all this stuff and just super smart. And in
0: the book, anyhow, when we first meet Paul, he's actually training to become a mentat.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, and something you said, um, made me think about the setting as well. So Zach said the butler in Jihad that AI was banned. I think it might even be a little farther than that, like kind of like intelligent devices are banned. Um, And it really sets up kind of a medieval setting where there's like sword battle and things like that. and there's like less lasers and things like that. There are lasers, but they don't use them as much because there's a thing called shields. There's not, and they'll blow up if so. you shoot. Them. Exactly, um, and it, it kind of gives a good reason why people fight with swords right now while they're flying around yeah. space. Um, yeah.
0: If you shoot a, a a laser at a shield, it makes like a nuclear explosion, basically.
1: Yeah, it's very bad. Every it's funny how much they talk about how bad it is.
0: Um, <laughs> they're like, Yeah, never do that. Nuclear
2: explosion.
0: And they yeah, do also so, have nuclear weapons, I guess we could say too. They're kind of frowned on using them, but
1: uh but each house has like a few of them. Like they they're like, Yeah, everybody has like two or three. But
0: the family atomics.
1: Yeah. Um so this all sets up the characters who are going to be on this planet, Arrakis. And everything kind of hinges on the spice and the production of spice, um, which is yeah, being as, handed as to the traders. The Harkonnens don't like that. And Carino is kind of, you know, setting this all up themselves, too. So I think that's. Um, you yeah, know, we
0: can say. I think safely like the inciting incident to this whole story is that the emperor has decided that the Atreides family has become too powerful. They've trained a fighting force that has become like so well-disciplined and well-trained that it's become a threat to the emperor and his crack troops. So he decides that house Atreides needs to be destroyed even though they're technically his cousins,
1: and yeah, and actually, I'm I'm looking at the society thing, and we don't have fremen listed, but yeah, the fremen, um, they live on Arrakis. They're um, definitely uh, what am I the trying indigenous to say?
2: population. Uh,
1: well, that and they're they're ostracized. I mean, they're uh, discriminated against. Uh, when he wrote uh, this book, it's very much a metaphor for the Middle East. I mean, or any kind of these people, people yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, any kind of indigenous people that are pushed out by colonialism, like they're portrayed as like the you know the natives, savages, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm. Colonialism is definitely a central theme in this. I mean, we have the story at the very beginning. Arrakis is controlled by the Harkonnens, but they're they've been installed as this colonial force. That kind of outmuscles the native population and exploits them to harvest this resource uh, spice that the, the Fremen of Arrakis don't really get much of a cut in. So it's not really a just society, but the Fremen kind of also don't care because they're just kind of so isolated in the desert that they're doing their own thing anyhow.
1: And they're purposely isolated. They want to be secretive. And that's, we'll find out, like, we don't know much about them, but we will. Um, and each of the houses kind of, like, have their fingers dipped in, trying to be the ones to kind of use that resource. Um,
0: so the emperor is going to come up with this plan to screw over the Atreides. He's going to take Arrakis away from his the Harkonnens, who he's colluding with, and give it to the Atreides, and then the Harkonnens are going to pretend like they're acting independently and attack the Atreides to take back their land.
1: You're going in spoiler territory there.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen the trailer shows them fighting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to be good though. I can't wait for the fights. I've seen some scenes that are like straight out of the book and I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, the trailer looks you know, awesome. It, it,
0: there are some huge spoilers in the trailer if you've read the book. Like, we won't say what, but... <laughs> it's,
2: you'd have to know what it is. It's awesome reviews yeah. overseas.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm almost worried that this movie is too hyped in my mind. Like, I feel like I'm expecting it to be better than Lord of the Rings at this point. I am
1: mm-hmm. too. Oh, I don't know. I, I purposely don't want to read the book before I go in. So I'm not analyzing it and I can just That's watch how it I feel too.
2: Like it's been it long enough since I read it. I'm not going to notice like every little detail that's different.
0: I did just reread it like mm-hmm. two months ago. You listen to
1: it though, which is a little different.
0: Yeah. But I, I, it's still hard when you've just read or listened to the book to not think of the book when you're watching the
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's listening to this, I def- it's coming out in a few weeks. What is it, the 21st? So 22nd. 22nd, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you don't have time anyways. I mean, you could read it all, but... Um, Pretty big book. Just you go out and it enjoy a it. Week if you See it in IMAX it if you time.
0: can. Yep. Yeah, uh, it seems like this movie was intentionally crafted to be on IMAX, so that seems like the way to do it. We're thinking about doing a three-hour road trip to the nearest true IMAX because our Pittsburgh IMAX here is uh, not the real deal.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'll probably see it here locally, and then I am interested in doing that too. That's where I'm at. Steve. I want to see a worm on screen yeah, for sure.
0: I think a lot of IMAX runs are very short, though, so we have to go see it like the first week if we want to see it in true IMAX.
1: I doubt that. This movie's going to make so much money. They're hurting yeah, that's so true. bad. <laughs> <laughs> they need that's to a, run this in IMAX. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: I just saw that Legend of Shin Chi broke 200 million at the box office. It's the first movie since the pandemic to do well.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, I do I mean, love film, uh, So, Is there anything else that we want to bring up here? I think we've laid everything out pretty well.
1: Uh, I think if we went any farther, it would just have to go into spoiler territory. I mean, yeah, like, so.
2: yeah, this went longer than Let's we thought. It it go in anyway. there
1: and watch <laughs> your desert fighting sci-fi. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. See a big worm.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, oh man, we did, t- we didn't talk about worms at all.
1: I did a little bit. I want to see one on screen. I don't, I, to me, that's something that's revealed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, it's, uh,
0: That's true, yeah. There are big worms. We'll just say that. (laughs) All right. Yeah, thanks for joining us. This has been our Three Rivers Boys preview of Dune. Look for it in theaters October 22nd. We're the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Zach.
1: I'm Jake. And I'm Steve.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys. That's three spelled out. Rearers, boys.
2: Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. Love you. Bye.